Welcome to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. We got some great things coming up. There's a new tamper policy. Yes, as well as the Aces make it to the next round. But the Suns are going to burn a spark. This is going to be crazy. Stay right with us right here on Ball Court. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And as you probably heard, the world has been buzzing. Yes, the NBA has a new tamper policy. It was just proposed just last week, and actually the policy has went over unanimously with the owners. Now, there is some statements saying that the reason why it went over unanimously with the owners because any owner who would have voted against that new tamper policy would have right away been looked at as the type of person that would be tampering. So I felt that they were kind of like morally forced into doing so. But regardless of, the new tamper policy has been passed. Now, there are some things that I'm a little bit concerned with that policy, and there are certain, certain things that I just don't feel would be beneficial right now. Because you got to think about it. This policy came about due to the crazy trades that was taking place. As a matter of fact, the whole thing that began my show was these crazy trades that were going on. And that policy has actually been taking place due to that. Now, let's take a look at something. First part of the policy that I think is not going to be effective is a $10 million fine. Because you can't tell Steve Ballmer, hey, $10 million, that's what they're going to fine you to have gone out and get a Kawhi Leonard. He would have paid 20 just to tip you. All right? Easy. And it would not even have been changed out of his pocket. So that's the crazy thing about it. So that's, the, that's where I don't think that that in itself is going to be beneficial. Now, there's another part of it where you're going to be required to turn over your phones. There's going to be five teams a year that will be audited and they will have to turn over their uh, conversations that were taking place. Now, as a player, as a, as a, as an agent and as a team owner and a team GM, do you really want to be put in that position? Because think about this. If you get that phone and there is certain things that's in there that is unsavory, and especially now we're in that catch em culture where uh, you find something that may not be exactly the terms or may not align itself with the, the uh, with the actual um, focus of the league, are they going to be penalized for it? Now, Adam Silver did touch base on this and said that if there are things of extreme circumstances, of course, they will be looked into. But this adds a little weariness to it because you're pretty much allowing them to have the ability to subpoena those phones at any given time. So with this new policy in place, hopefully there's going to be a, uh, they're going to be able to deter tampering. But it's just kind of similar to the steroid, uh, you remember active steroid use in baseball of the 90s that played my youth of that baseball. And it was, uh, with that going on, it seemed as if everybody was doing it. Now, when it first started, people were like, no, I would never do that because that is cheating and this and this and this. 
But people don't really see cheating as an option when they're the sole one not cheating. They see that they see themselves as the one holding this advantage. And that's why I feel what happened with tampering. It got out of hand because a lot of people felt that there were some people that were doing it and they had to do it just to keep up. Now, with this new policy in place, with it being able to be enforced, and outside of the $10 million fine, you do gonna have, you're also going to have penalties such as drafts being taken away, things of that nature. That's going to be the real thing that's going to actually hurt. A lot of these teams, I guarantee, they will be sitting there and they will make sure that they will follow this policy to the law until they can find a way to work around it. Then we're back into the same boat. I want to go ahead and move on to the next topic. And this is kind of a, is it? when I first heard about this topic, I was like, what, wait, what? But let me, let me explain. All right. I heard that Jordan is going to go ahead and sell a portion of the Hornets to two investors, Gabe Plotkin and Daniel Sunheim. Now, Gabe and Daniel are both, uh, uh, um, one founded Melvin Capital, the other founded DA Capital. So both of them are very experienced in uh, financial capitals, and this is a great move for them because, like Jordan says, it's going to actually help advance them with uh, technology and make it a little bit more innovative over there at the Hornets. Now, he brought them into the Hornets uh, Sports and Entertainment Group. Mind you, Jordan is still the majority owner, and he will remain, so I guarantee this because he loves he loves what he does. But he brought him into that Hornets uh, sports and entertainment group, which Jordan is also the chairman of. So he will still run the day-to-day operations as he was running before. But now he's going to give the Hornets a leg up. And I think that this is going to help in recruiting, especially with after the uh, the recruiting summer that... They had losing Kemba Walker. I think that this is going to be a good step for them in the right direction and to rebuild the franchise in the light that Jordan really wants. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Kemba Walker was not something that Jordan was looking for as an explosive guard. I am just saying that now that he is gone, it's time for them to move forward. And I feel that by bringing uh, Gabe in, Gabe Plotkin, as well as uh, Daniel in, I think it's going to be a great Great step moving forward. Jordan's behind it, so I'm behind it. Obviously, he seems to be making the right moves as of late and in his early career. I don't know. A lot of people wear Jordans, and very few of them seen him play. All right. So, next thing I want to talk about is my Lakers. So many things was granted to us. Now... Here's, here's, I, we were over the $109 million salary cap. We was over that. Now, you st- stop and think to yourself, how is this a good thing? How is this good news that I'm about to deliver to you? I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Due to the fact that we were over this salary cap, we will be able to, and we were granted an exception, an injury exception for DeMarcus Cousins. Yes, and that is and that is actually a huge thing for us that we were actually were able to gain this exception. Now, at this point in time, we need this because what this means is that this is going to allow us to pick up a, a 
a player off of a trade, free agency, or off a waiver. So this allows us to rebuild and fill that spot that we didn't have before. And with some good free agents out there and a lot of big free agents out there, that is something that we could definitely use. Because I'm more than positive we could possibly find a solid three or four that has the experience that DeMarcus Cousins has. You know, somebody who's played in the Olympics, somebody who's comfortable playing with LeBron and comfortable being LeBron's friend, somebody who's able to work the wing and get some three-point shots, and somebody who I know for a fact, based off of the way he's been speaking in the last few weeks, is able to come off of the bench and give some expert minutes. And yes, I am talking about Carmelo Anthony. Please, somebody give him a chance. We now have the cap space. We now have the room. What are we doing here? This has been granted to us. It has pretty much been asking for us to go out and get Carmelo Anthony. They gave us $1.75 million that we could work with. And that is going to be the, that's going to be the reprieve that we need in order to go ahead and get a special one. Now, now that I'm finished pleading into the Lakers, let me go ahead and plead to Carmelo. Please do not bash your eye at 1.75. Because all you need is a door. Ask Joe Johnson. He went into the big three. He showed out. And now look at him. He back in the league dropping $2.26 million. I'm telling you, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of stipulations for that. He got to stay there until January. But still, the possibilities are there. You too can grab those possibilities. So don't bash your eye at $1.75 million. Look at it as a way to get back in. You do your thing. You show them Olympic mellow. You show them hoodie mellow. You show them Syracuse mellow. And I guarantee you, next year, they will be giving you 12. And then you can turn around and say, Hey, V, they want me to come off the bench. <laughs> but moving forward. Now, Orlando is throwing around big money. Yeah, I need to know why, because Orlando, guess what? They have now picked up the option of Markel Fultz. Yes, you remember Markel Fultz, the number one pick. He went ahead of Jason Tatum. He went ahead of Donovan Mitchell. You remember who I'm talking about. And for some reason, over the last two years, he's only played 33 games. They said it was a arm injury. They said it was a shoulder injury. I heard it was uh, something that was mental, something wrong with his shot that they were trying to fix. But still, despite all of that, Orlando went and said they're going to pick up that $12.3 million option. We asked ourselves why. Now, I'm going to go ahead and look at this as a question of the day for me. On that fourth year option, what does the Magic see? in false that all of us are blind to see. Now, I've seen his shot get a little bit better. It's starting to improve in non-game situations, but I haven't seen anything that took that tremendous leap that will require $12.3 million. Now, please, never, 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 never will you ever be able to accuse Coach Drew of trying to stop somebody's money. I want everybody to get their paper, and I want everybody to eat. So that $12.3 million, I'm glad he got it. But I'm still just a little bit confused. You know, being a former Orlando resident myself, and I know the people of Orlando, I know what they're looking for. I know they want that next big star. They had that with Shaq. You know, having one of the, he was one of the biggest things out there outside of Disney. 
then they had somewhat of that with Dwight Howard. Now, the question is, Evan Fournier coming off of a great FIBA game, a great FIBA season, yes, he could definitely be a key contributor. But who is going to be that star? Who is going to be that extra sensation? And when you, when you drop $12.3 million, especially in, at this point in time, and knowing that you can actually get something with that quality, the question is, what are you seeing to pick up that fourth-year option? Now, I'm not going to sit here and go back and forth with you because this is not tennis, and this is not a show about tennis. This is a show about basketball. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just make my point very clear. If, if this does not work out, if it falls right now, Orlando is going to be a hard place to climb back up from. Because you got to think about this. Right now, you're already at the bottom tier of the league. You're now looking at how to bring people in, how to save the franchise pretty much. Because I know for a fact, if that was Seattle, they would be making a lot better choices. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, Orlando, moving forward, let us know what's going on. Marcus Foles, congratulations to you. You know, picking up. And also another person over there in Orlando who got picked up uh, with Bamba. He got his. He got his. Uh, he got his contract picked up. So, I'm spending money over there. I shouldn't have left Orlando. I should have stayed over there. See, they picked me up. Hey, $25. And, you know what I'm saying, we get, like, one of them vegan bowls from uh, Chipotle. I'll give you two minutes a game. Three, possibly. I'm just saying. Call me. Orlando. Let me know. All right. Now, the N- I just want to let you know the Players Association, the NBA Players Association, has decided to say um, thanks but no thanks to the NC2A on their... Uh, on their proposal for the for their uh, agents to be able to have access at those athletes. Yes, here's the reason why. All right, a letter. Let me tell you what happened first. A letter was actually sent out that was endorsed pretty much by the the NBA PA, and it was sent going out to the NC2A stating that they do not want to go ahead and take part in this, and they're not. They, um, those proposed certification process, they will not go through. The reason being is that the process itself is going to actually force them to actually uh, go into the lives of these agents. It goes, through the, it goes through their personal information. And these things, they're pretty much saying is not required in order to make it to that next level. In order for... For their boys to be taken care of and the institution of basketball to be taken care of in the NC2A, they do not need to, they do not have to have that process where they are vetted to that point. Now, I can understand in lieu of what took place with the allegations of, uh, the, the allegations earlier of bribery and, and, uh, pretty much paying kids to come to the school. I get, I definitely can understand what we are scared of by allowing the agents access to the kids. But what they're scared of is an unnecessary due process. You're going to be going through people's lives, their phones. 
checking through their background, their history, to find out if they're eligible to manage these children. But let's stop and think about it. Let's take a look at NC2A's past. Let's take a look at the how their cultures, how these officials, how the sponsors and boosters have actually managed these children up to this point. There's FBI, there's FBI investigations taking place. So NC2A's nose is not that clean to really be go ahead and talk about what needs to be done to protect their athletes. What needs to be done to protect the athletes is let's stop making money off of the back and off of the sweat of these athletes and provide them with something more than an education that will be outdated by the time the diploma is handed to them. If you really want to take care of the athletes, allow them that access to meet with the agents. If they are good enough, the agents, the NBA will do the vetting process. They will let you know who needs to be back in the end. NC2A, and who needs to be in the NBA? It's happened before. As a matter of fact, it happens every single year. And every single year, I see kids come here to the Big Foot Hoops Classic thinking that they're going to be the next one that makes it there. But that vetting process is done by the agents and by the NBA. If you want to protect the kids... Do what's best for them. Allow kids to grow. Allow kids to further their occupation the same way it would if they had a different occupation. I know journalists interns who make money doing what they do outside of school. So why is it that you can't intern for the NBA? Check it out. See if that's where you want to be. And if it's not, Come on back. Take another year. Take another course. Do something else. We're doing it wrong. We're doing it wrong. But I'm glad the NBA, the Players Association, they took that stand because we're going to make sure that they get it right. You know what? I think I've taken too much of your time talking about how I feel about the NBA. You go grab a drink. Grab some water. You go relax. Do some stretches. I'll be right here. We got some more ball court right here. World of basketball. I'm Coach Drew. Welcome back to ball court. I am Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And guess what? The world is on fire right now. Let me tell you. Aces are doing some amazing things. Do you know how they got out of the second round? Let me tell you. The Chicago Sky was fighting. They were up. Uh, this game was guaranteed theirs. It was 92-90. They have the ball. There's four seconds left to go on the clock. They're inbounding the ball. The press is on. And guess what? They dribbled right up through the press, made a pass, an ill-advised pass, by the way, because it was a pass to the sideline. Coaching tip. Kids, in the press, always pass the ball to the middle of the floor. This way, worst-case scenario, you're going to have other teammates that can help if the pass is not accurate. That's what I was saying. The pass was made to the sideline, and De'Erica Hamby jumps in the way of the pass. Clock still ticking down. 
drops the three-pointer from half court. Yes, I tell you, when I say the world is on fire, yes, the world is on fire. They won 93 to 92. The sky was knocked out. They made it to the next round. Now, of course, you know, by the way that I'm speaking, by the way that I'm acting, by the joy in my voice, when I speak about this, you know that I'm an Aces fan. So this next part of the story is going to be a little bit heartbreaking. So let me tell you what happened in the next round. Now, this next round came about. They, now, mind you, they're playing against the Mystic. And as you heard of my earlier reports last week, the Mystic has um, a lady by the name of Elena Deladon. Yes, part lady, part goddess. She, is, she touches the ball and it goes into the basket. I think it's a mystical power. I feel the WNBA needs to check this out. We need to look into this further. I don't know if she was enrolled at Hogwarts when she was a kid, but she touches the ball. It goes in the basket. It's magic. So they lost to them 95 to 97. It was a great effort, great fight. The Aces put up a great challenge, but they fell short. Now, the next game, this is what was gut-wrenching for me. Because they lost to the Mystics in the next game, putting them down in the series 2-0 at 103-91. I've seen the Mystics play, and like I said, Elena Deladon is amazing. Ariel Powers is probably one of my favorite players since she was in college. So, it's, that team altogether, all around, is a great team. But... I do not feel they are 12 points better than the Aces, especially with Liz Cambage, especially with Kelsey Plum, especially with Asia Wilson. With Shug out there, how are you going to tell me that they are 12 points better? I did not see them to be 12 points better. So that was a gut-wrenching loss for me. But guess what? That was a wake-up call for them. It was a call to arms for the Aces and our fans. They doubled down. They went there. I myself was not able to be in attendance because I was coaching at the time and training. That's what I do. But my daughter was there in attendance, and she she said the vibe was electric in there. It was fire in there. Liz Cambage was doing her thing. She played just like Bill Lambert played. She put her body into your chest. She said, I am bigger than you. I am stronger than you. Deal with it. And guess what? The mystic said, I am sorry, Miss Cambage. And they backed out the way, and she bullied them all game long. They won 92-75. Now, mind you, this was not just a game. This was a game to avoid a sweep. Now, if you haven't been watching the WNBA, you've been watch- you have not been doing basketball correctly. It was the one of the most exciting, exciting four games that I have ever seen from one team. You hit a buzzer beater. You come back and fight down to a two point game, lose by twelve in a gut wrenching loss, and come back to win by almost twenty. Man, Whew. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Aces is high stakes. The Aces is high stakes. And if you are not watching them, you're doing yourself a disservice. I'm going to tell you right now on Tuesday, it is all in. And this is going to be to tie the series. Yes, WNBA playoffs is hot 
at fire right now. I'm telling you, the world's on fire. The world of basketball is on fire. And did it stop there? No. Because, do you know how fire normally gets started? Sparks. So let's go ahead and talk about them. The Sparks weathered the storm. Yes, they did. They came out playing against the Seattle Storm, dropping 92-67 to 67 in a rout. It was crazy. They were going off. The Umake sisters were doing their thing. CP3 was being CP3 in all her glory. And it was something beautiful. But you have to understand something. In life, with every storm, the sun will come. And that's what happened to the Sparks. They met up against the Connecticut Suns, and boy, did they burn them. The Connecticut Suns got them in the first one, 75 to 84. In the second game, and this game was 68 to 94, I just couldn't understand the way they were breaking down. It seemed like on defense, the, the energy wasn't there. The effort wasn't there. But I understood, you're not at home. The home cooking is not there. But, Here's one of the things that puzzled me, absolutely puzzled me about this series. In the final game, Sparks lost 78-56. to Part that puzzled me was Candace Parker, CP3, one of the stars of the league, person who beat Swish in the dunk contest in high school. Trust me, we remember that. We remember that, JR. It was fire. The McDonald's dunk contest where Candace Parker came in there and beat you. Alright, we're not gonna talk about that, but we remember. So, back then, yeah, CP3, the same exact one, pretty much the face of the WNBA for the last seven years. You know? She played seven minutes in the first half, four minutes in the second. She wasn't injured. She wasn't fatigued. I'm not saying she was playing her best, but she's a superstar. Now, I could understand if her coach was never placed in that position. I could understand if her coach had never, ever had a superstar that, that was having an off night around him. And then I'd be like, man... You got to do what basketball allows you to do. But they were a very special circumstance. The coach of the Los Angeles Sparks is Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher has had some bad games with the Lakers, but he stayed in it and caused some clutch moments. Derek Fisher has watched Shaq play some bad games and hang around in there and perform some clutch moments. And we're not even going to talk about Kobe. I've seen Kobe just keep on going. They're begging, please pass the ball. Please pass the ball. Think about it. Kobe's first game, he was dropping air balls. He looked bad. But he still kept on going. Hands down, what it comes down to is you cannot lose faith in your star. If you, as the coach does not have faith in that player who's supposed to be your number one, what does your number 15 feels like? I'm going to tell you, fish, as they say, the fish rots from the head. 
as a coach, that game, you kill the morale of your team. You sat down the star. Let them fight through it. Let them work it out. Just the fact that she's been there before is the most valuable asset that she brings. It's not the points. It's not the rebounds. It's the experience. To let them know, pick your head up, let's keep going. But this wasn't the time. This wasn't the game. You don't do this. I... I would never disagree with another coach because I know that every coach has their way of doing things and have their reasoning behind it. But I do apologize on this one, Derek Fisher. I must say I disagree with you. That was a bad move sitting uh, in an elimination game and having her play 11 minutes and only gaining four points out of it. Not beneficial at all. But let's go ahead and move on. Let's go ahead and move on. I want to go ahead and talk about the awards because I got to touch base on these awards. I felt that the NBA, when they do the awards, is always that controversy. These awards is spot on. I am 100% behind the WNBA awards for this year. They have my full stamp of approval. So, our first award goes to Elena Deladon as the MVP. Need I say more? Hogwarts. She causes, she conjures up baskets. It's a like, whoa, basket. Just like that. Free throw everywhere. She, everywhere she touches the ball, she could, she could possibly score. That's why they don't put a ball next to her nightstand. She'll score. She'll score. Right when she wake up, you're, uh, bang. And y'all don't even know it's coming. Score, you gotta guard her in the parking lot. And sixth woman of the year. Aces, Yerika Hamby. She won the award before she made that shot. Think about that. What a weekend that was for her, huh? She wins the award, comes back and drops the shot and says, that's why I got the award. Ha! Just in case y'all wanted to go ahead and have any controversy, here goes three points for you. Let me tell you why. I deserve it. There you go. Now, the Suns, Lilani Mitchell took most improved player. Now, that Suns team that they had was pretty much supposed to be a bunch of role players, and that team did not have a uh, true star, especially since uh, the Sparks took their true star. And so that one was a personal one for them. So I'm glad she really deserved that most improved player because hands down, that was a tough team to stop. And not taking anything away from the Sparks, I understand, yes, you know, they weren't playing to the best of their ability, but still, the Connecticut Suns, they did what they did. They, They were a beast of a team. And if those are the kind of role players you have, you, you don't need a star. You don't need a star. Y'all all stars. Rookie of the year, Nafisa Kaye. By all-star break, we already knew she was going to be rookie of the year. She was replacing people on the team. We knew she was going to be rookie of the year. And Natasha Howard, defensive player of the year. Come on. Man, she got more blocks in Manhattan. That girl right there, she's a beast. Good job, Natasha. Good job, all of you ladies. I'm telling you, I may... 
Y'all made the WNBA fun this year. I was excited to watch every game. I'm still excited to watch every game. Even though the Suns right now, they're going to the finals. They're waiting. On, they, they're trying to find out who they're playing. They sit right at home right now. And I'm going to tell you, Suns, don't be scared to come out here to Vegas. Because you will be out here in Vegas. And trust me, when I do see you, when I do see you, I will tell you to y'all face. Y'all good. Y'all ain't good. Y'all ain't that good. Y'all ain't aces good. Go aces. Anyway, I'm, a, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit of a homer. I'm going to go with my people's. Now, also, some big news also. I also want to talk about the lottery order. Yes, who's going to be the team that's going to pick up that number one pick? It's going to be the New York Liberty going number one. Dallas Wings going number two. Indiana Fever, number three. And Atlanta Dream, number four. Now, I'm kind of happy the uh, Dallas Wings did get number two and get such a high pick. Because after losing Liz Cambage, I think that that really hurt the team. And it kind of put them in the wrong direction. And this is going to be the thing that's going to revive them. I think a great number two pick is going to be something that they could start building around, get another big in there, and a dominating big. Because right now, as we can see with the NC2A, these women are beasted. They're doing well. Now, the New York Liberty is going to need just more than one. They are a couple players away from actually becoming dominated once again. But I definitely think that they're going to work it out. So, good job. We got big hopes for you. And we're going to go ahead and take a quick little break. When we come back, I have, I'm have some coaches breakdown on the videos as well as we're going to turn around and take a closer look at what's going on in the world of basketball. It's on fire. Right here, ball court. I'm Coach Roof. This is the world of basketball. Stick with me. Welcome back to ball court. I am Coach Drew, and this is one of my favorite times. Yes, uh, this is our segment called Shady or Genius. Now, here in the world of basketball, we always like to look at things and see if they're shady or genius. I'm going to go ahead and play a quick little clip. Give me seven seconds of your time. Just hear these words. I made you guys superstars for a reason. But if I don't do the things that I'm doing, so it's just another regular old player. Another regular old player. Now, this is what LeVar said to Lonzo during the time that they were having a conversation of, is it necessary to go ahead and change the Triple B logo, the Triple B brand, revamp, rename, and retool, and rise again? Now, Lonzo states, and this is where the Shady but Genius comes in. Lonzo states that they should go ahead and tear it all down. The brand is defunct. The brand is broken. It's is it's damaged. It's damaged goods. We need to change, rebuild, restart. Now, LeVar makes a point that every parent does make, and I guarantee every parent right now is thinking, if that was my child and that were in that situation, I wouldn't change my child's name. I would try and build back their name and make their name stronger. But it's not your child. This is an entity of you. This is your business, not your child. So you must be able to reconstruct. The 
part of having a goal as a business is to have a smart goal. Now, part of a smart goal is, yes, it does have to be measurable. But at the same point in time, you have it has to be adjustable. You have to be able to change. You have to be able to move with the times. And let me go ahead and tell you. The words that your young son is speaking to you, LeVar, these are words of a genius. Look at the path he's following. Let's stop and think about this. All right? There is... There was a record label that was out. It was a great record label. Actually, bought some of probably um, some of the best best singers. Carl Withers was on that label. Um, I believe it was Sussex Sussex label, right? Great label, but things happened. Uh, Owners overextended themselves. The record failed. It went under. Now, when Clarence Avant, the owner of the record label, when he got back on his feet, he didn't say, hey, you know what? Sussex is the back. He retooled. He started off again. Came back with Taboo. Switched up the whole thing. And now it was no longer just Paul Withers on there. It was some of the greatest songs of that generation came from Taboo Records. Pretty much Soul Train was... Their, their whole show was built off of Taboo Records during that time. Because they retooled. See, the thing about business, as well as about life, you have to be humble enough to take a step back. Take a step back and look at the obvious things. Look at the greater things. And look at the big picture. The big picture right now is that Triple B is no longer looked at as a success. Even if you put out quality shoes they still believe it's going to fall apart. Even if you have fair business practices, they will speak of the merchandise that they never received. Why put your future attached to such a negative past? So, in your thought process, if my child did something so horrendous that they couldn't get past it, I would tell them, you know what? Don't change your name, but you have to change everything else about you to move forward. So, LeVar, Lonzo will never be Alfonso, and he will always be Lonzo Ball. But he's going to have to change everything else about him in order to move forward. Because right now, the way he's thinking is genius. The way you're thinking is shady. That's my take on it. This is shady but genius. Or shady or genius. Alright? Now, listen up, LeVar. Hear me out on this one. This is your opportunity to make amends and make something great. Trust me. The phoenix rise from the ashes and they rise better. Rise stronger. Understand something. Sometimes, our kids teach us a lot more than we teach our kids. This is Ball Court. This has been Shady or Genius. Hang around with me. We'll be right back with our next segment. Welcome to Ball Court. We're all the basketball. And I'd like to thank you for hanging around with us. And we do always look at the world of basketball. See, 
I'm Coach Drew. And what I love in basketball is spacing. If anybody took the time out to watch that game between Argentina and Spain, and if anybody else remembered or listened to the podcast, they would have known that I called it. I told you Spain was going to win. I told you. Anyway, if you took a look at that, it was a beautiful display of basketball. See, the thing that Spain has, and like I said, is Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio is a master orchestrator of basketball. They won utilizing space. It's a beautiful thing. It's all about space and opportunity. Let me break it down. Let me tell you exactly what did take place, and then we're going to show a video and get into some detail. See, in that game, they won 95 to 75, a clear route over Argentina to win the gold medal. Rubio and Gasol, they led them. Gasol had seven points, seven assists. I mean, seven rebounds, seven assists, and he had 14 points. Ricky Rubio had 20 points, seven rebounds, and three assists. Fernandez, of course he contributed. He actually came out with a double-double with 11 points and 10 rebounds. Still putting in three assists of his own. This is, this is something that happened due to consistency. Now you stop and think to yourself, 13 assists from three people. How is that possible? That works due to spacing. Space, the way the spacing works is that each person is a threat. You have to have reliable three-point shooters. You know what? I, I understand. You're, you're looking at me talk about it. You're saying what's going on. You know what? Let's go to the video. Let's take a look at that in today's breakdown. Now, when we watch on the, when we watch the video clearly, we we see as they set up, spacing is a key thing that they're looking for. See, from tip, the first thing that they go after is spacing. Take a look here. When we look, we go one player here, one player here, one player here, and here. They pretty much outlined exactly where the floor is. See, this player on the inside will make his move later. Paul Gasol, he's a dangerous threat. I mean, Mark Gasol is a dangerous threat because he can shoot. All eyes are focused on the ball carrier at this moment. So what we're seeing here is now a threat by the ball carrier. He has to make a move to the basket in order to draw in that defense. So as he moves, he goes in, draws that defense, creating that space. That's over a six-foot gap between our shooter and our defender. Easy three-pointer. Hands down, man down. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at it from another angle. Or let's go ahead and take a look at another play altogether. On this play, right here, they utilize the spacing to create the lanes that they need. Marc Gasol steps up, setting the pick for Ricky Rubio creating that extra space because Marc Gasol's player cannot jump over. He's not coming over the top. So that's an easy little bunny jump shot from the top of the key. And Ricky Rubio's jump shot, that is all good. That's all good. Now, this is all created because Marc Gasol can shoot the three. You have to pull the big man out of the paint, creating that space. See, Marc Gasol is always going to be a threat from the three, and that forces the big man to come running up. But with nine feet of space, like I said, he is always a threat from the three. 
Hands down, he will hit that shot every time. See, what they did in this time was utilize space to create what they needed to do. So even though Argentina's uh, Gabriel Deck led all scorers with 26 points, it wasn't enough for them to get past Spain. And I'm going to tell you, right now, I predicted it. Ricky Rubio was too much. Mark Gasol was too much. And Fernandez was too much. They were just too much for them. But maybe next year, the spacing that they will be able to utilize will be diminished by different players. (laughs) Next time. Better luck next time, guys. Now, I also want to talk about France as well as Australia. Now, it wasn't utilized through the spacing. It was just a bad game by Australia. Australia really had a better team. I'm not saying Evan Fournier is a bad player, but I'm just saying Patty Mills, uh, Joe Inglis, I would definitely take them. Andrew Bogut, I I thought they had it hands down. France was able to pull out an amazing game. Yes, with the defensive player of the year on the roster, Rudy Gobert, they pulled out an amazing game this time to win it. They made it to the podium. 17 points by Evan Fournier. Good job. You know, that's something to look forward to, and he could build on that. Hopefully, he could become a superstar. Kalor knows you're going to need scoring over there in Orlando. Because Marcus Fultz is still working on that jump shot. And with 12.3 million, you're going to need scoring. Now, I also want to go ahead and bring up the fact that LaMelo has been lighting it up down under. Yes, in the final, final preseason game that they had out there, they were able to pull off a win over the uh, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. And he did some big things, dropping 21 points, going 7 of 11 in 25 minutes. LaMelo Ball was showing out, and actually he's starting to come into his own. He's starting to develop himself as his own genuine professional player. And I'm loving it. 109 to 98, that was a huge win to, to, to end the preseason. And that rolled into a big win to start off the season. And he had another big game. 19 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, double-double. Sounded kind of, he sounded like Lonzo. I don't know. They could possibly, they could meet up, play together in New Orleans. It'd probably be good. I'm I'm thinking, I'm I'm making, I hear it here first. 2020, LaMelo Ball, number one. He's going number one. I'm telling you, he's, he played against Perth. And that game against the Perth Wildcats, even though they didn't have uh, Nick K because he was actually still participating over there in China, but they uh, he played well. He took they took that win, nineteen points. He played tough ball, no pun intended. But Lamelo was he's an outstanding player. He was doing his thing from the Drew League. He's down there, down under, doing some big things. It was amazing. And the NBA blitz, that, that opening night was absolutely phenomenal. Now, another team that we've been watching was the Kearns. They've been actually doing their thing down there. And Nate Jawai, of course, in Nate Jawai fashion, had to hit the buzzer beater. Now, it wasn't a buzzer beater three-pointer, not like the Erica Handy. It was a buzzer beater tipping 
tipped it in for the dunk to win it, 100 to 99. What a game over the 36ers, and the 36ers is going to be a tough team this year to beat, and so it was amazing to see that win. And the whole opening night of the Blitz was going like this. It was fire and fury. And this happened at the last second for the last game on the opening night. What a phenomenal display of basketball this has been. I tell you, the world of basketball has been on fire. And I am absolutely glad that you was here to watch it burn with me. Thank you. Thank you. I got one more segment before we go. So please stick around. Check out the drill of the day right here on Ball Court. This is the world of basketball. I am Coach Drew. Stick around with me. Welcome back to Ball Court. I'm Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. Now, I always like to get into the drill of the day and like to end it with that. So before I get into that drill of the day, as any proper coach would suggest, is before we start a drill, we have to make sure we have proper equipment. And so the equipment that I'm going to be talking about today is our kicks. So let's kick it. Uh-uh. Oh, let's kick it. Let's go. All right. Yes. Let's kick it. Man, I'm so excited about the sneakers that we're talking about. Actually... All of these three sneakers that we're talking about, I have to get into my actual playing arsenal. First sneaker, this is going to go more to my playing arsenal. I'm probably going to play in it twice. I'm just letting you know. And then after that, I'm just going to wear it probably once. (laughs) So the first one is, yes, I'm talking about it again for the second week in a row. And let me tell you the reason why I'm talking about it again for the second week in a row. Because absolutely fire. Because there's a new colorway. It is the Nike LeBron 17s. And yes, I have now filled my obligation. I have spoken about LeBron every week. Anyway. (laughs) So the Nike LeBron 17s. He has the Lakers colorway. That is absolutely fire. Also. Also, he has the Crenshaw blue Nipsey colorways that I'm talking, it brings tears to my eyes just to even think about it, just to even talk about it. These these are so flame right now. I cannot begin to express how in love I am with these shoes. Now, it's more. Today, just today, LeBron himself was actually unboxing a pair of these 17s. The way the box is, the way everything is set up about it, it is absolutely beautiful. The packaging is beautiful. It talks about the details. It goes through the transition of all 16 shoes before it. It brings a tear to my eyes. These 17s are hands down the best of the LeBron collection. And I must say, the Lakers colorway is the best of the batch. Don't get me wrong, that futuristic colorway is beautiful, but that Lakers colorway, just the, just the detail on it alone shows that it is the elite. Creme de la creme. All right. And then now, I want to go ahead and talk about the Puma Clyde. Uh, the Puma Clyde Hardwoods. Yes. Yes. For all of you young basketball players... They're not talking about Clyde Drexler. 
It's hard to tell you. All right. So, so the Puma Clyde Hardwoods actually looks as it's one of the most comfortable and softest shoes. I'm going to tell you. I, 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 I can't wait to actually try it out because it looks like one of the more comfortable basketball shoes. It's a throwback in the, in, a, in the style of it, but I must say it looks like it's going to be very comfortable, very flexible, very lightweight, and I love the style because it's going to be probably one that you could wear on and off the court, and probably a little something that you could dress, you know, kick down, some jeans, white t-shirt, just something to relax in, you know? Now, this is the most, I'm going to tell you the truth, I'm coming out of left field with this one. These sneakers is going to be, yes, the Clay Thompson Disco Balls. I have actually ranked them up there. They are that fire. I like them because if I'm a player, that is the shoe that I want to play in. If I'm a coach, that's the shoe that I want to see my kids playing. You know, if I'm a parent, I want my children playing that, those shoes. They just look so futuristic and so far ahead of its time. Now, with somebody like Clay Thompson and his style where he's moving without the ball constantly, when you see those disco balls, it's going to be amazing to watch him. Given for the fact of his ACL injury, I know that we're not going to be watching him for a little while. But when we do see him, I can't wait to see him take his six dribbles and get 50 points wearing these disco balls. I will be there watching because I will probably be rocking a pair myself. So if anybody's looking to play me, or you know, play two on two. Trust me, the CWN Sports family got my back. We got players with us. We're there to play. We will show up and play you anywhere. Anyway, neither here nor there. All right. So let me just go ahead and jump right into the drill of the day. That now that we got our equipment, we all situated. Y'all know what y'all gonna be playing in this weekend. Hopefully, the Puma Hardwoods. Um, if you're gonna wait until October third, you can grab those seventeens. Coming out October third. Or, you know, in October as well, mid-October, you're going to get to see the um, the KT Disco Balls dropping as well. So that's going to be a pleasant surprise. Finally, let's go ahead and get into the drill of the day. Now, the drill of the day is a drill that is going to constitute about how to react to defense. So we're going to attack, retreat, attack, full court layup. You know what? Let's go to the video. So, with the drill of the day, we want to start it off, set up two pillars. This way, that's going to be our defender. We attack those pillars, cross, and then attack with the other hand. Full court layup on either end. This, the whole point of this is to stay low and stay in command. By staying low, you keep the ball with a lower radius where it's bouncing, where it's not dribbling as high to lose the ball. You now are able to move forward and make it right there. Do this over and over again. I would say roughly 10 to 15 times, counting only your makes. This way we can ensure accuracy and we can ensure consistency. And that is the drill of the day. All right. Well, I definitely want to thank y'all. Today has been a crazy show. Crazy show. Some big news taking place with tampering. Alonzo, <sighs> that tea just spilling all over the place. I'm telling you, you're genius about this. Take heed my words. 
And, of course, LaMelo doing some big things. I'm telling you, them ball boys are some special guys. They're some special guys. LeVar, take pride that you raise some good ones. So you got to make sure you take pride in that. All right, your job is done, LeVar. And guess what? But today, so is mine. I want to thank everybody for listening to Ball Court. I want to thank everybody for hanging with me on the world of basketball. I am Coach Drew. I want to thank CWN Sports. I want to give a shout-out to Fusion Sports doing their big things. I also want to welcome a couple new family members to the CWN Sports team. You're going to check them out. Actually, I'm going to send you some links. I'm going to send you all of that right there on Ball Court World, at Ball Court World on Instagram. Also on our Ball Court page, you're going to find some of those, some of our friends and sister programs. You'll find them right there on that page as well. Now, you can also check me out on our YouTube channel, right there with Ball Court. You can find Fusion Sports there, and you can find a link to the CWN Sports. We're all over the place, and we're still taking over. I guarantee you, wherever you find basketball, you'll find Coach Drew, right here on the world of basketball. Thank you for hanging with us. See you next time. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.